through allowing us to have worship experience with him, God has provided a way for corruption to take on incorruption. Human beings are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We are corrupt by nature. Every year that you age, it's proving to you that your body is a corruptible substance. Okay. The, you, the you now versus the you in 10 years, there will be a lot of corruption that takes place in your joints, in your muscles, in your tissues, in your cells. We are corruptible. And yet God has made a way for natural corruption to experience incorruption. For the natural man to experience the supernatural realm of the Spirit of God. In Psalm 96.9 that we just read, he said, to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And this is an invitation for the unholy to enter the beauty of His holy presence through worship. Say this with me. We enter through worship. When Timothy says in the New Testament to lift up holy hands in the presence of the Lord, we said this last week, when he invites people to lift up holy hands, a lot of people have misunderstood and a lot of ignorant preachers have taught that you have to be holy in order to lift up your hands. That is not what the scripture is saying or everybody would be doomed. Because it doesn't matter what your particular brand of unholiness is, we all fall short of the glory of God. Who's holy standing next to God? So when he said, lift up holy hands, he was saying, your unholy hands become holy when they are extended towards a holy God. That when you come into contact with his presence and you enter in through praise and worship, you get what he is all over you. You get his substance, his residue, his anointing, his holiness, his glory, the beauty of that. You just get it all over you. And the best way I can explain this, the best analogy I could find, and I'm sorry, it's not a great analogy, but when I was eight years old, we was having a big family day here at the church, big cookout, we were playing games, you know, and, and I was playing soccer, if you can imagine that, and, and I came in, and, and there was a church mother, and uh, all the kids loved to go give her a hug, because she'd give you candy if you went and gave her a hug, and I went up to give her a hug, and, and she didn't give me no candy, she pulled back from me, and she said, ooh, you stink! smell like a raccoon and I was wondering what does a raccoon smell like <laughs> but I mean it really affected me you know you stink and so you know next time I was getting ready to go to church I went down to my dad's bathroom and I got his cologne <laughs> and I sprayed that cologne everywhere in between my toes everywhere just cologne everywhere and ever since then, I guess it just marked me or something. Ever since then, I've had this thing with cologne. I wear entirely too much, even to this day. So if you shake hands with me, if I give you a hug, if you're around me, if you, if some of the guys in the back, when they help me with my things and help our family, you know, get out of the car and get everything ready, you, you will come away smelling like my cologne. You, you didn't, my wife says this is a problem, and it is. But you, you, didn't, you didn't buy the cologne. You didn't want the cologne. But you got it on you because you came into contact with me. Same way. When you come into contact with the beauty of his holiness and his anointing, 
You ain't holy, you ain't righteous, you ain't anointed in and of yourself. But when you enter his presence, everything that he is, it just gets all over you. You come out feeling different, smelling different, thinking different, looking different, acting different. By entering his presence through praise and worship. Look at somebody say, get it all over you. All right, Psalms 24, look at this. Psalms 24, verse 3 and 4. David says, who may ascend? Watch, watch this wording. Don't skip over it. Who may ascend in the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Now, wait a second. Stop right there. If you read that with the old condemnation guilty mindset, you go back to that first understanding a lot of people have. Well, I can't enter into the holy presence of God if I don't have clean hands and a pure heart. And if most of us are honest, I mean, we're not totally clean and totally pure all the time. I mean, you may be clean a little bit, but you ain't clean all the time. I don't care what you say. You can't fool me. You can't lie to everybody. There's something in you that's unclean. So who would qualify for this scripture? That is not what he's saying. Look at the first part. Who may ascend? In other words, there's a climb involved in getting into the presence of God. There's an upward ascent or a climb that you go through, through praise and worship. And watch, it is the climb of the approach through praise and worship that cleanses the hands and purifies the heart. There's something about worship that purifies you. There's something about praise and worship that cleanses you and prepares your heart to be in the presence of the Lord. But the crucial part of this verse is the ascent. You're not in his presence just because you're sitting in the pew. There's some people that are in his presence right now and some people that are still way far on the outside and you're in the same room. It's because some made the ascent, others didn't. It's more than just sitting in the building. We come to church for two reasons, that we might experience the presence of God and that we might hear his word and have our faith built. But it's not enough to just hear the word because the New Testament said that the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. You need the presence of God and the word. And you don't get the presence without making the ascent of praise and worship. Now, let's move from that to something a little more natural. I believe it will help us make a good correlation. For a few moments, things that irritate. Ask your neighbor, what irritates you? <clears throat> I have a few things down here. You may agree, you may not. You get a pebble in your shoe. A pebble in the shoe will irritate. Somebody, you know, in the office, they had uh, cilantro for lunch, and they come back with a big piece of cilantro in their teeth. And they're talking to you and smiling and all in your face. And you can't focus on anything that they're saying because you just zoom in on that big piece of cilantro. And you're looking at them going, <laughs> trying to signal every which way you can. It's irritating. Or you are in, this is not going to be everybody, but just a few men. You're in a buffet line. 
and you got your eye on this perfect piece of chicken. It don't even look like it belongs in the buffet. It looks like it belongs by itself somewhere. And you got your eye on it, and everybody's skipping it. And did you get right up to it, and the person standing in front of you takes the piece of chicken? Irritating. Or you're in a restaurant trying to have a date for the few of you that date. And the table next to you, you know, the, their cell phone starts going off real loud. And they pick up the phone, and they can never speak quietly. You know, people that pick up their phone in a public place always have to scream, Can you hear me? Or you're in a movie theater and some person, I know why y'all ain't responding. Y'all are those people. You are the people that answer your phone in the theater, aren't you? It's irritating. Point is, there are things, and if none of those irritate you, there are things that irritate you. And I don't know about, I don't know how you are. You cannot get the best out of me when I'm irritated. There's something about being irritated for me. I just, it takes me out of my zone. I cannot give you my best if I'm irritated. In the same way that things can irritate us, there are things that irritate the Holy Spirit. Refusal to give praise and thanks irritates the Holy Spirit. Lack of worship irritates the Holy Spirit. Coming to church and just going through the motions with your heart unattached, irritates the Holy Spirit. Paul warned us in Ephesians chapter 4.30 not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. One of the translations of that is to irritate, to push away. He warned us again in 1 Thessalonians 5.19 not to quench the Spirit of God. When we come to church to experience God through His presence and through His Word, it's important that we're conscientious that we are hosting the presence of the Holy Spirit when we worship God. And when the Word is being preached, and so many people don't understand this, don't, don't make this connection. The Bible is not a book about God. The Word is God. It's God on a page. For in, in the Gospel of St. John, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when we do not reverence Him and worship Him and praise Him, and when we do not value His Word, those things are irritants to the Holy Spirit. And you can literally feel the Holy Spirit backing up away from a moment or away from a service when you have an overwhelming majority of the people who are producing irritants to him. We want to be at Christian World gracious hosts of the Holy Spirit. We want to make an atmosphere where, Lord, you can come here and sit with us. You can sit on us. You can feel us. You can heal us. You can bless us. You can strengthen us. We want to create the atmosphere, not where you're irritated, but where you long to dwell. And the scripture says he makes his abode or his dwelling place 
in the praises of his people. That's why we must be a praising church. We must prioritize our time on Sunday to get here during the praise and worship and lift our voices and sing and lift our hands and glorify his name because that's part of the ascent into his presence. And then when we're there, we want to be gracious hosts. Now, Psalm 119. Verse 164, Psalm 119, verse 164, David said, seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous judgments. And it didn't mean that David clapped his hands seven times or sang a song seven times. There are actually, if you study it, seven separate Hebrew words for praise. And each one of the seven are a different manifestation of how we praise and worship the Lord. And so what David was saying there is, I will go through completion. Seven's the number of completion. I will go through completed praise every single day. I'll hit every single expression so that my day is filled with praise. The seven Hebrew words for praise, I'll go through them quickly. I'll just name them and then we'll go. We'll go down the list, but it's Halal, Yada, Shabak, Barak, Zamar, Tehillah, and Toda. Let's start with Yada. Everybody say Yada. It means to throw out the hands in worship, to lift the hands in jubilation. This is not like a really reverent slow, beautiful extension of the hands. There's another word for that. This is a, a immediate, excited throwing up of the hands, using your hands in declaration as you're singing, doing all those things with your energy and it's coming through your hands in jubilation. It's like there's this universal gesture around the world. Doesn't matter what country you go to. If your team wins a point or if you find a thousand dollars on the side of the road or if anything great happens, you get a good medical report back. Everybody in the world, doesn't matter where you go, just yes! throwing up the hands in jubilation. And yada is when you throw up the hands because of God. Because God has been so good. God has been so kind. God has been so merciful. And God is worthy. So it's the throwing up of the hands in jubilation. The reference for this is Psalms chapter 63. You can go there, verse 4. Psalms chapter 63, verse 4. David said, thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. So this is forceful, jubilant excitement. And certain songs and certain moments of the worship service are conducive for the yada type of praise. Number two, Tehillah. Everybody say Tehillah. No, not Tequila. <laughs> tehillah. Tehillah, it means a praise song or a hymn of praise sung out loud to the Lord. Singing is important to God. I really want to just harp on this point. I want to get all of you non-singers, I want you to get convicted and start changing this. Singing is important to God. We find out in the book of Revelations that there is a whole quarrel of angels 
that were created by God, that all they do day and night, 24-7, 365, is face each other and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's all they do. And it's important to God. It blesses God. God wants to hear you sing. God wants your voice added to it. Do you know that you have a voice print just like you have a fingerprint? That your voice print and frequency is different and unlike anyone else's on the face of the earth. And God created you with that uniqueness and that difference. And he wants you to worship him by giving him your unique voice. So it is important that you sing. I want to encourage you to sing. I want you to learn these songs. Get here and open your mouth. The room won't be the same if you don't put your voice print in it. It won't sound the same if your voice isn't active in it. It's the Tehillah praise, singing praise unto God. There are special hymns and special songs. There's universal anthems that uh, engage us in this. The, 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 the word itself in the scripture really profoundly insinuates that, that the highest expression of Tehillah is when we do it together. When we sing a song, everybody knows, and we sing it together. Uh, I was listening to a testimony from Michael W. Smith. He was uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. He was worshiping the Lord on his piano. And, you know, worship, it's just, it's just that. I hope, I hope you get it. I can't say it any better. It's an ascent, you know. And you can get higher and higher and higher and, and, and go into more diverse realms of worship the more you do it. It's really powerful. And he got to a very high place in worship where he believed that he could hear songs that the angels were singing. And so he got out his pen and he wrote this universal song. Everybody sings it no matter what country you go to. Hallelujah. Everybody knows it. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him the Tehillah praise. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty For it to be Tahila, we need your voice.
Tahila. Now, it's so important that we do this and that we know this. When you sing at karaoke or you sing driving down the street along to the radio, it's not the same thing. When you direct that energy of singing and that sound of singing and you direct it toward God, you start making the ascent. You start making the climb into his presence. And the more you keep on going, a purification takes place. A washing takes place. A holiness takes place to the point. And, and see, God is not one-sided and selfish. He's reciprocal. If you minister a song to God, he will start ministering something back to you. Oh, get this. I said, if you minister a song to the Lord, he will minister something back to you. I was singing to him in the mountains a couple of weeks ago. There was nobody out where I was. I was by myself, and I just started singing to the Lord. And as I was singing to the Lord, he began to give me the vision for 2019. And he said, the grace of growth is upon you. It's upon your family. It's upon the families of Christian world. I'm going to grow their families this year in supernatural ways. And when he began to speak to me, I was shocked because I wasn't asking for that. I was just ministering a song to him, and whew, he ministered something back to me. Folks, sing to the Lord. People of God, holy priesthood, chosen nation, set apart people, sing unto the Lord. When your life feels broken, don't complain. Get somewhere and sing unto the Lord. When fear and trouble begin to overwhelm you, get yourself somewhere and sing unto the Lord. When you don't know what to do, sing unto the Lord. It's beautiful. You remember in Atlanta, that little boy that got kidnapped and that guy drove him around for three hours and he was singing Hezekiah Walker, every praise is to our God, every word of worship in one accord. And, and he kept singing until the guy let him go. And I was watching his little testimony on, on CNN. They said that uh, he, he, he got to the part, God, my savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer. Yes, he is. And you know what I said? I said, I want to go shake the hands of the people raising this boy. Can you imagine being a little boy kidnapped in the back of some stranger's car, driving you three hours away from your home? And, and when you're squeezed by life, when terror or dread or fear comes upon you, whatever's really in you down deep comes out. And when this boy got squeezed in the most trying of situations, what came out was God, my savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer. Yes, he is. And he, and he sang for three hours. You know what he was doing? He was making the ascent. He was making the ascent. And I don't care what you say. You can't kill a real worshiper while they're in the presence of God. You can't destroy a praiser while they're praising in the presence of God. God won't let his praise be interrupted by thieves or by murderers or by robbers or by crooks or by enemies. You can't kill a praiser. Push somebody. Say, make the ascent. Yeah, make the ascent. Number three, Barak. It means to kneel, to bow oneself to the ground in worship. There are special moments when you are overwhelmed with the presence of God 
The only expression you can give and the only thing you can do is bow. And you can't bow in a pew. You know, we see people in uh, charismatic evangelical churches all the time. You know, we see them bowing and they sit down in the pew and they bend down like this. That's, that's not the Barack phrase. The Barack phrase is when you take your new shoes and your nice clothes and you get yourself down on the ground in worship. And we don't have enough of this today. We don't have enough of it. And when it is sincere and when it's coming from a place of faith in your heart, it's a beautiful thing. Barak. Number four, halal. You'll notice this is the root word to hallelujah. The highest praise. It means to boast in God. Or, let me, it's not, that's not really a good translation of that. It means to be arrogant in God. Not arrogant and prideful in yourself. Arrogant and prideful and boastful in God. It means to celebrate, to praise foolishly. And to dance. This is an energetic, unreserved praise, often in response to God's blessing and miracles in your life. Where God does something for you that no human being could do. And you come into his presence and you give him a praise. And you don't care what anybody around you thinks. You just get in the presence of the Lord and you lose yourself. You give all of your energy and your passion and you let it be expressed through your body, through your movement, through your singing, through your shouting, through all of those kind of things. That's a, that's a very, very powerful halal praise. But the second definition of it, and this is crazy, halal is also a prophetic expression of breakthrough. In other words... It's praising like you just got the most ridiculous miracle in the world that you're expecting. It's praising like you got it before you got it. It's acting like a fool giving God thanks for giving you what you believe he's going to give you. So a few scriptural references for this. Very powerful spiritual stuff here. Now we're getting a little bit on, on hallowed ground. Powerful spiritual stuff. You remember Paul and Silas arrested, in jail, chained, going to be killed tomorrow morning. But the Bible said at midnight, they begin to sing praise. Now stop. These are seven words for praise. And that word praise, when it says they begin to sing praise, Praise to God, that's the word halal. At midnight, they begin to halal the Lord with praise. They begin to thank him for delivering them before he delivered them. And the Bible says when they begin to sing and praise and clap their hands with chains around it, stomp their feet and dance as much as the fetters and the ankle locks would allow them to do. The Bible said God sent an earthquake, the jail cell doors open, and the shackles fell off their hands because... Halal, I'm going to teach you something here. Not everybody can go this deep with me. It's okay.
okay, just you, you chill out. I'll be back for the rest of you. But halal puts God in debt. When you praise God like he has already done something that you're believing him to do, your praise puts the God of heaven in debt. And one of the things God said in his word to never do, he said, be a debtor to no man. So when you praise God foolishly and clamorously, giving him glory like you would if you got what you were hoping for, your praise puts heaven at a delinquency and God gets up to move on the behalf of people who know how to give him a halal praise. I got to teach the rest of this message, but if you need something for the Lord, I dare you to take 30 seconds and lose your mind with a halal praise. Where's my crazy people at? Where's my foolish people at? Where's the people that just don't care what everyone thinks? Hello, the Lord. Hello, the Lord. Another example of this. Oh, we're going to lose this service in a minute. I feel that thing. Yeah. Hey, God. Another example of this is when the Israelites were going through the Red Sea that parted. And then Miriam looked behind them and saw the Egyptians coming through the same road that God made in the middle of the sea. And I know she thought to herself, Lord, it would sure be nice. If you just close those waters over those Egyptians. But she bent down and got a tambourine and went to the edge of the waters. And she started beating that thing and singing and dancing and praising. Out in the middle of the dust, dust was flying everywhere. She was jumping and screaming and crying and singing and clapping and banging her tambourine. And she saw God supernaturally close the waters and wipe her enemies out. Power of a halal praise. Touch your neighbor, say it's the power of a halal praise. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. I got more points. Ah God. But I just feel like somebody needs something. Somebody needs to crack heaven open, climb up, make your ascent. And give God praise in the house. Somebody's putting him in debt right now. Somebody's putting him in debt right now. What do you need from the Lord? What do you need from the Lord?
this house. Right now you're getting what's all over him. All over you. this in the old church that praising God wasn't just for the sanctuary on Sunday mornings that was where it started but if you run into a battle sometime during your week and you don't know what to do and your back's up against the wall you get yourself somewhere and begin to allow the Lord worship the Lord and dance before the Lord this is what I did in the doctor's office when they told me my boy had cerebral palsy i said excuse me one minute i went to the bathroom i made me some space and i began to allow the lord and give him praise believing him for breakthrough it was a prophetic gesture it was a prophetic song it was a prophetic dance i was making an announcement to my future that god will give me the victory in this situation and if you've got something facing you next week or next month and it's big and it's scary, I dare you right now to make an announcement to your future that my God will deliver me. My God will give me the victory. Oh, yes, he will. Halal, halal is arrogance in God. One of the definitions is you can laugh at what I'm doing if you want to. You can mock me if you want to. You can shake your head and say what a fool if you want to. 
but I'm doing this because all of my life when I look things over I have this testimony he's never failed me yet and the giant in front of me is gonna fall like those many giants behind me because I know something you don't know I know there's power in his presence there's power in his praises there's power in his tabernacle there's power You know why it feels the way it feels right now? Because so many people have made the ascent. He's here. He's here in every section. He's here walking up and down the aisles. His presence. He's currently making the abode in the praises. Holy, holy. Yeah, holy, holy. Yeah, holy, holy. Yes, holy you are. Yes, righteous you are. Yes, we bless your name. Yes, yes, God of the whole earth, we worship you. Yes, we extol your mighty presence. We lift up holy hands and proclaim you're worthy of it all.
on, everybody, sing with me. Holy, Tehila, the Lord, are you Lord God? Come on, every voice, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. You are. Number five, Zamar. It means to do what you're doing right now. It means you're giving Lord cries and shouts of praise while the instruments play.
means to praise out loud along with the instruments. You can get in beautiful waves of worship and glory and anointing. And the Lord will touch a minstrel and give him a flow to play, something to play that begins to pluck things out of the atmosphere. It's called zamar. It's a beautiful gift. It's what you have. It's the zamar, gifted as a zamar. Gifted zamar praise. Gifted for zamar praise. Gifted for zamar praise. Gifted. And when they praise the Lord on their instruments, and we praise along with them, both voices, the voice of the instrument and the voice of your voice, makes this sound and noise that pierces heaven open. We can pull things from the Lord. I was with the Holy Spirit and prompted me at a very young age, before I was really deep in the ministry, he told me to take Pastor Derek with me to a major event. There was an anointed man of God, an apostle that was ministering there. There were 6,000 people in a room that would seat 5,000. There were 3,000 in overflow. And I just, the Lord said, take him with you. So we got on a plane and we got there. And out of all those people, the man of God, the prophet, pulled Derek out of the crowd. He said, you're an anointed minstrel of the Lord. He said, and when you beat your cymbals, demons will flee from the room. I remember that. God has sent gifted people among us, gifted, gifted minstrels and singers. Gifted. But they don't replace your voice and your energy. We can't have atmospheres like this without the people of God. The chosen generation, the set-apart people, giving the Lord the praise with the knowledge of what it means and the faith that's built around it. That's why we're teaching it. Zamar the Lord. So we're doing what we just are doing right now. Number six is Shabbat. It means to shout out loud a praise to God. It's what we've been doing all day. You'll remember the walls of Jericho fell during a Shabbat. Gideon's 300 defeated 30,000 with a Shabbat. And I have it in my notes here. I want to share it with you. Never go into battle without a Shabbat without a shout to the Lord. Never go into battle. Don't leave me. Never go into battle without a shout. Finally, number seven, Toda. Toda is the extension of the hand with an offering or a sacrifice in it, giving adoration to God. Let me read you some scriptures. We're about to close, I promise. Psalm chapter 50. Listen to these scriptures. Psalm chapter 50, verse 14. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. When he says pay your vows, it was very common in the Old Testament to say to the Lord, God, I will, I will do this if you... I've had to make a few of those. God, I'll do this if you will do that. Hannah made a vow to God like that. She couldn't have children. 
So she went to him and she said, I tell you what, God, I, if you'll give me a child and take my barren womb and heal it, then I'll give the first child back to you. I'll give him to the house of the Lord and he'll serve the house of the Lord for the rest of his life. People that would make, make negotiations, barters with God, he can be negotiated with. So when he says, uh, offer to God thanksgiving, that word is toda. Pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. Yeah, I will deliver you. And you shall glorify me. Look at Psalm 50 verse 23. Whoever offers praise. That word praise there is toda. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Finally, Psalms chapter 56. Chapter 56, verse 12. Vows made to you are binding upon my heart. I will render, that word render means offer. I will render toda or praises to you. You have delivered my soul from death, and have you not kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Beautiful. Now, the Scripture teaches as an act of obedience to God's Word, we give Him the tithe. That's the set-apart portion of our income that belongs to God according to the Scripture. You don't really give the tithe. You return it as a part of your financial covenant with God. But the free will offering, the seed that you sow, that belongs to you. And when you decide to extend your hand to God in worship with a gift in it, with something you're not required to give, just something that you wanted to give, it blesses him and he interprets it as worship. He opens doors. He he makes ways. He makes vows. He makes deals. He makes arrangements with people. And what I like to do when I'm giving something very special to the Lord, I'm extending my hand in Toda. I like to just lift it up and wave it. I'm giving this to you. I'm gi in fact, baby, can you write me a $100 check? $100? You're anointed. Just just want to give this to you, Lord. In fact, if you have a toda, an offering, would you put it in your hand and extend it? Just put it in your hand and extend it. If you want to give God something today, put something in your hand. Just extend it. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. When you have that, that toda, an extended hand with a sacrifice in it, something that costs you something, just wave it. Just wave it. Just wave it. For some of you, all you have is the sacrifice of praise. That's okay, too. You can stand up and lift your hand and just wave it. But we worship you with this, Lord. 
According to the scripture, we have learned what your word says concerning praise. We've done our best to the ability of our understanding to give you praise and worship and glory today. And now standing in your holy presence, we've come to offer our gifts to you. Offer our free will offerings and our thank offerings. You have been so good to us. We just want to thank you. You've blessed us. You've raised us up. You've opened doors for us. You've healed us. You've set us free. And we worship you. And now we extend the Torah, the hand extended with sacrifice in it. And we worship you. And we love you. And we thank you. And we bless your holy name in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, Jesus. I believe you are Lord. I believe you are God and worthy to be praised. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me as I stand in your presence. Lead me by your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's extend the